When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you don't have a clear curriculum for your classroom, it is so overwhelming to try to put that together yourself. Spending hours on Pinterest and Google, pulling worksheets and pulling pieces of curriculum together to make something that works for your classroom. That's why we created the Autism Helper Curriculum and now offer Curriculum Access. Curriculum Access gets you access to all levels and all subjects of the highly differentiated evidence-based Autism Helper Curriculum. You can have students working on letter identification and working on parts of speech at the same time in our easy-to-use curriculum. We currently have hundreds of teachers using Curriculum Access from all over the world with consistently rave reviews. I want you to join that group of teachers. Now is the time to ask your administrators for curriculum access. We have an email template ready to go so you can ask them to set up a demo. Your administrators can jump on a live call with our team members to see everything that's included in the Autism Helper curriculum access. Next year, let's reduce the overwhelm. Let's start the year out with a path and a plan and resources to meet all the diverse needs of your students. Let's make next year the year of curriculum access. Head over to the show notes to learn more. Hi, I'm Sasha Long, special ed teacher and board certified behavior analyst. Welcome to the Autism Helper Podcast. I'm here to explore different strategies to improve the lives of individuals with autism. Last spring and summer, I created my functional literacy series. But before I even got to the creation of the materials and sat down at my computer to construct the worksheets and the anchor charts and everything, I spent countless hours brainstorming and really thinking about what functional literacy meant. And it really taught me a lot about the way we should be approaching our literacy instruction. I wanted to create a resource that was generalizable, that wasn't just going to be a worksheet that taught this rote skill, but something that could be able to be applied to the real world. So that really got me thinking about, okay, well, what does text look like in the real world? And I spent a lot of time, to be totally honest, just taking notes as I walked around a grocery store or the community looking like an absolute crazy person because I started to really realize there's text everywhere. We live in such a text-rich world. Every time you're turning around, you are reading things and you are processing words and letters and you don't even realize it. So first of all, it made me realize how a ridiculously important literacy is, but also that we needed to really pull from where we're seeing text and teach text in those ways to make it something that's functional for our kids. And I'm really passionate about the idea of functional academics and functional literacy because I think we get stuck, 
especially with our older kids. We get stuck at this point where we feel like we have to make a decision between teaching academics and teaching life skills. And it feels like maybe there's this magic age, like the student walks into seventh grade and it's like, nope, academics is over, time to sort socks. And it doesn't have to be that way. You can teach academics in a functional way, and you should be. Until the day that child graduates, there should be an academic component to everything you teach because we live in a text-rich world. There's text everywhere. I'm not even going to get into like the number math component because that could be a different podcast for a different day. But even looking just at literacy, those skills will continue to be important at every level. So when I was in this brainstorming creation process and really thinking about what functional meant and how we should be approaching teaching literacy, I realized that a lot of times we are teaching skills that maybe don't contribute to a bigger, badder, better skill. And that's the goal. So when we think about what functional means, so looking up functional in a dictionary, I literally did that for a PD that I did recently. So functional means designed to have practical use and used to the development of a larger whole. So we've got to hit two things. It's got to be practical, meaning you're going to use it. And two, this skill is going to help develop a bigger skill. So when I look at a lot of the literacy programs that I see in classrooms or what I've done with literacy programs, I feel like we're stuck between teaching phonics and teaching community signs. Like we don't, there's nothing in the middle. Like either we're going all in on teaching this very early elementary grade school version of literacy and reading, or we're going to the other end and doing vocational work. And there has to be something in the middle because we're missing so many important skills. And what highlighted this for me actually was a conversation that I had with the parent of one of my clients a few years ago. And this client is, you know, in that junior high, high school age range where we do start to look at, you know, what skills are important. And you see that ticking clock of how many years of school we have left. And we're trying to get as much instruction in. So this conversation I had with this parent, the teacher pulled out some community sign activities. And to be totally honest, I thought that was a good idea. I'm like, yeah, community signs. Those are great. I've taught community signs. I have resources that I've made about community signs. Like, cool. That's functional literacy. And the mom was pissed. She was like, first of all, he's not driving. He doesn't need to know a stop sign. Why does he have to know community signs? Like we, he goes in the community every single day with me and his siblings and he doesn't need to know these things right now. And the ones that he does need to know, he already knows because we're in the community. And the other ones are related to driving. So why does he have to know the ones related to driving when he's not going to drive? And she was absolutely right. Half of those signs he either knew already or they were not functional. Because remember, what does functional mean? Designed to have practical use and used to the development of a larger whole. Well, this student was not going to be a driver. So it was not going to have practical use and it was not going to contribute to his skill as a person who drives. So yeah, 
though half of the community signs were not functional and the other half he knew already because his family does take him into the community. So then it was kind of like, well, back to square one. Are we back to phonics? But, you know, he's older and what? where do we go next? So I, we feel stuck in this idea of having to pick between the two and you really don't. There is so much text in the world, in the community, in your school, in your household that you can be working on and teaching that you don't have to pick because there's so much to learn. So when I was in this brainstorming process for the functional literacy curriculum, I started making this master list of everywhere I would see text. And this list, I can envision it, I wish I had a picture of it, was in a notebook and it was like pages and pages, just of categories. I mean, to list a few, IDs, coupons, price tags, directories, menus, nutrition facts, map directions, manuals, labels, recipes, written directions. I mean, that's just off the top of my head. There is text absolutely everywhere that we can be working on and teaching our kids how to utilize and be involved in. So that's where we have to go with our functional literacy program and with our literacy in general. And I'm not speaking only to junior high and high school teachers. I think we need to think about for our little kids too, is this functional? So we need to be asking ourselves, does this have practical use? And does this contribute to the development of a larger skill? So what is functional for each student will depend on their age because what's practical changes as you get older. Things that are practical for a four and five-year-old are going to be very different than a 14 or 15-year-old. And the bigger skills that you're working on are also going to be very different. So it's important to think about functional being applied at every age level. So if you are a preschool teacher and you're looking at what literacy skills you're teaching and you're working on letters, well, yes, this is going to be practical because we are working on the skill of writing our name and this is going to help develop to that level larger skill. And in the preschool class, when they go to inclusion, they're singing letter songs, they're doing letter matching games. This is going to have a practical use. Then when we zoom up to our 15-year-old, we look at what we're teaching there. If we're teaching matching words, word to word match. Okay, well, this could be practical because if mom says you have to go meet this person at a store and she writes down the name, the child could match that post-it note to the ID label that someone is wearing and match that word and know who that's th- that they are supposed to meet. Matching words could also develop to a larger whole of being able to match directions or to identify important words in a recipe or in a manual that a student might be using or an adult might be using later in life. So it's going to develop to that larger skill. So we want to be asking ourselves within our literacy literacy instruction, do the activities and goals we have for our kids hit those two bullet points, having the practical use and developing a larger skill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. 
all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Being functional and having high expectations are not mutually exclusive. You can select goals and activities to work on that are functional for your student, but are still challenging and are still having really high expectations and really encouraging and promoting and helping your student achieve a high level of independence. Just because it's functional doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean that it has to be vocational. So functional doesn't equal vocational. Functional just means it's practical and it's going to help you develop a bigger skill. So what are some things that you should think about when selecting a goal or a program to work on? So some things that I look at are learning history, student strengths, student interests, and then the long-term opportunities. So I always consider learning histories of our students because we want to know what they've been exposed to. And with some of our kids, you know, maybe they've only had a handful of teachers. Many of our students stay with the same teacher for many years. They might not have been exposed to rigorous academic instruction in the past. Like, let's be real here for a minute. Not every special ed teacher is working as hard as you are, right? You probably have some people in the back of your head, right? So you know that possibly this student has had experiences that haven't been so stellar. Maybe they were with what I like to call the milk and cookies teacher, where they just got snacks all day and got to watch YouTube. And yeah, you're right. They had no behaviors, but they also had nothing expected of them. Don't you hate that, right? And then the teacher comes back and is like, oh, I don't know. They never acted that way in my class. Yeah, you never asked them to do anything. Of course, they never acted out in your class. Well, that's not who I'm talking to right now because you guys are the teachers that are giving great academic instruction. So if you have a 10-year-old that shows up at your doorstep who maybe spent the last four years hanging out watching YouTube, yeah, let's really give a lot of this academic programming a real shot because they haven't had a learning history or chance to learn those things yet. Next, you want to consider student strengths and student interests. Some students have really strong matching skills. Some students really love working independently. Consider what they're already good at and build off that. See how you can turn that into a literacy program and how you can make that literacy goal functional. Also, interests. The interests will tie in to those long-term opportunities. We want our kids' long-term opportunities to be things they're interested in. 
If your student is super social, wouldn't they make the most amazing host at a restaurant or greeters at a store? They love saying hi to everyone. I have a former student in my head that I think would be literally the best greeter at a store ever because he would know every regular customer's name. And he would love that. Well, okay, great. What are some skills that we can teach that could be aligned with those interests? With this student, we practiced learning the names and writing the names of different students in the school and writing what class classrooms they were in. He used to work for writing down the names according to classroom of different classmates. That's how much he liked doing it. Well, great. It was a literacy task. It was a sorting task and it was functional. So think about those long-term opportunities. What are the big skills that you're working on? Remember, the second part of the functional definition was used to develop a larger whole. So what's that larger whole? What's that big picture skill? And yes, if you are a preschool teacher, you still have to think about that. You can't live in isolation in the preschool world. Think about where do I want this kid to be when he's 10, when he's 15, when he's 25? Because those years are going to fly by, especially for mom and dad. So think about those big picture skills and then how is what you're doing right now relating to that? So for our high school kids, if a great you know job opportunity is kind of on the horizon, maybe you don't need to work on identifying community helpers. That might not be a functional goal because that isn't related to the future job opportunity that they could have. So really think about how each thing is contributing. Also consider efficiency. Efficiency is like my drug of choice, guys. I like to get the most done in the least amount of time in the best way. And by efficiency, I don't mean crappy. I just mean getting the best skill that you can think of for that student accomplished in the least amount of time. So what's going to get your biggest bang for the buck? So really think about that. How are you spending your minutes of instruction? Your minutes of instruction are limited. So you want things that are going to, again, be functional. This keeps making sense, right? You want skills that are practical. And I think practical, when I think of that, I think something that can be used this week. So what's something that can be used this week? And then what's going to be developing that larger skill? So think about efficiency. If this skill is going to take three years to teach and we're really not going to use it that often and it might not develop a bigger skill, then don't do it. Figure out something else in the literacy world because there's like a ridiculous amount of things to work on, think of something else that will hit those two things and won't take you that long. So my call to action to you, evaluate your literacy instruction. Think about everything you're doing under the umbrella of literacy and ask yourself, is this functional? And remember our definition, does this have practical use and will this develop a bigger skill? So think about all of the different things that you are doing. The other thing I want you to do is to walk, quote unquote, through your student's day. You can literally walk through your student's day if you want, like go to the cafeteria, go through the hallway, or, you know, little mental walk through their day. And write things down. Have a notebook, whether you are physically walking through the building or just sitting at your desk. Have a notebook and write down everywhere that text exists. 
Is there text for the bathroom? Is there text at the cafeteria? Is there text to show where to stand for the buses? What about your class? Is there text in the schedules? What about in the gym? What about a music class? Do they have to write their name on their worksheet and music? Go through each part of their day and look around. Where are there opportunities for instruction, for you to be practicing and generalizing everything you're doing in your class? Can you be finding letters on the school's directory? Can you be finding words in the secretary's office on her nameplate on her, on her desk? So think about everywhere that your kids are seeing text. If you are, if you do community-based instruction, you can even push this out to your community. Then there's like 1 million, approximately 1 million opportunities for this. But even within your school, you're going to find so many places that there's text that you can be working on, reading words, finding letters, matching letters, comprehending words, following instructions with those texts that are in your community. And suddenly that's instantly a skill that's functional. They're going to see that sign every day and be able to use it. And it's going to contribute to this larger skill of transitioning independently in the school or independently going to an inclusion class. So think about evaluating your literacy instruction. And this isn't like a big time-consuming process. Take your your lunch. I know, hilarious. Not all of you get a lunch. But your quote-unquote lunch that you should get. And just take five or ten minutes and think about your literacy activities. Give a little check or no check if they hit that functional definition. And then walk through your student's day and Find all of those opportunities where you can practice and apply all of the literacy skills you're working in the school community. If you would have told me a few years ago that my favorite part of my job is getting up in front of sometimes a few hundred people and giving a presentation on data or behavior academics, I would have thought you were crazy. I did not always like public speaking. Actually, to be totally honest, public speaking was something I used to be pretty afraid of. But now it's literally my favorite part of my job. I love being in a room of my people, of the special ed world, teachers and parents and clinicians, and everyone that's on the front lines that's working so hard for our students to give them the best opportunities and the best classroom experience. I love being in a room of everyone that understands how hard this job can be, but also how amazing it is and how important those little victories are on a daily basis. When I do a PD, my goal is to bring value. I wanna bring action items, ideas and strategies that you can do tomorrow in your classroom. I have sat through too many professional developments that either didn't apply to me or were too hypothetical and philosophical. And my special ed heart always wanted to know, what do I do next? What do I do tomorrow? If you are interested in learning more about how I can come to your school to do a professional development, please visit theautismhelper.com backslash speaking. There's a contact form as well as a lot of information about all of the different sessions I give. I'm happy to answer any questions and work with your school district. Thanks for listening to the Autism Helper podcast. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, hit subscribe. It would mean a lot to me if you left some feedback. 
Whether I'm working one-on-one with a student, doing a podcast like this one, or presenting for a PD, my goal is always to provide as much value as I can. So your feedback really helps me make sure I'm doing just that. If you have other topics you'd like me to cover, leave in the feedback or message me on social media. You can follow me at The Autism Helper on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Or visit my website, theautismhelper.com. Thanks again for listening. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Having the right resources for your classroom is essential to making sure your classroom is running smoothly. At the Autism Helper Shop, we have all of the resources you need to make sure you have the behavior, communication, and curriculum supports for your students. Within our shop, we have adapted books, task cards, resources aligned to the VB map and the ABLES, behavior plan flowcharts, data sheets, curriculum. Everything you need, whether you are an early childhood teacher or a high school teacher, we have all of the resources that will meet those students' needs. So head over to shop.theautismhelper.com to check out all of our resources.